you need to be able to give each other permission to speak openly and honestly. Otherwise, you're not, you have a surface level relationship and more than likely may not be a long-term relationship. The ultimate thing is you need to remember with that partnership, you are both growing in the same direction. You're trying to achieve the same goal. And you guys need to remember that you're not fighting each other. You're working together on this. And if at any point that doesn't feel like that's what's happening, you have to call a timeout and you need to reset and you need to unpack it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. NCG's own Director of Operations and Senior Business Coach, Catherine Freeman, takes over as episode host for a one-on-one conversation with Nicole Hannock, Chief Integration Officer at Painters USA. For our avid podcast listeners, you might recognize Nicole from an episode she joined us back in November of 2022 that focused on technology and process improvement. And well, she's just so great, we asked her back. In this episode, Catherine and Nicole dive into the relationship dynamics at play between the visionary and the integrator, a topic that we dove into here in 2022 within our own organization and became the primary theme of several of our fall mastermind workshops. We invited visionaries, generally in this case the business owners, to bring their integrators along for some impactful conversations, breaking down the walls of perspective and understanding the power of becoming valuable collaborative partners. Now for a quick recap, visionaries often focus on the big picture, culture, client relationships, the dream. An integrator is the person who thrives on creating some order out of that chaos. They're the person who are naturally suited to set the priorities, put the tasks in play, remove the obstacles, get the company from point A to point B, basically making the dream happen. And what did we learn at these workshops? Both sides just wanted to be listened to and understood. Can't be so hard, right? As the integrator of a $40 million plus commercial and industrial painting company, Nicole is no stranger to visionary integrator conflict and collaboration. Today, she shares her experience in working through this role as the company has grown and how her relationship with Paul Cook, Vice President at Painters USA and the Primary Visionary, has evolved. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Well, thank you, Molly, for that great introduction. I am uh, delighted to be here once again with Nicole Hannock uh, from Painters USA. Uh, We're going to be hitting a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts, the visionary integrator relationship, um, and how really that can have an impact on implementation. Uh, That relationship, that dynamic can actually get in the way um, if, if we're not careful. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of discussion about that. I got some great questions, and Nicole, of course, is always super prepared. Uh, but why don't we go ahead and start? Nicole, introduce yourself. Thank you, Catherine. Appreciate it. Uh, so just to give a little history about myself, so I'm a Chief Integration Officer with Painters USA, and I've been there since about 2011. 
Uh, when I joined the team as the operations manager at that time, we were about a $5 million organization with one single location. And we did primarily commercial and residential painting. Um, and we were just starting to enter the door of industrial coatings. So fast forward to today. So as the integration officer, we are now a $40 million organization uh, with three locations. Uh, we no longer do residential and we have a heavy emphasis in industrial coatings. Um, and we also work all across the U.S. instead of just locally. Uh, instead of just locally. That's perfect. Yep. <laughs> um, well, let's let's talk about what we're, we're really here for. Um, in the fall of 2022, we had our uh, mastermind uh, meetings, uh, again, throughout, sort of throughout the country, brought mastermind groups together, and we really focused on some leadership issues. Large part of that is the struggles that business businesses face. You know, business owners, they go away to meetings, they read books, they listen to podcasts, and they come up with these great ideas. But how to get those implemented is always a big struggle. And one of the things that we recognize within the Nolan Consulting Group is that there's that visionary integrator relationship, which is ideal, right? You got a visionary, he's got a big idea, you've got an integrator who's going to make it happen. But sometimes that actually can also lead to some of those implementation struggles. So I think that that's an important thing for us to hit here. And I mean, you're you're an integration officer, you're an integrator at heart, and you work with a visionary that really, really dreams big. I mean, you know, there's there's big dreams, and then there's Painters USA dreams. <laughs> um, that can talk. That can lead to some challenges, right? Oh, absolutely. Let's let's start talking about uh, communication, though, because that's really where it all begins. And, you know, when you first started with the organization, you were an integrator then, but you didn't know it. Tell me a little bit about that and how that communication in the past really sort of led to some of those challenges that you faced. Sure. Yeah. Before Paul and I really knew the roles of visionary and integrator, our communication was very frustrating. Uh, there was a lot of tension uh, from the integrator's perspective of the visionary. It was always a shiny object every single week. So you can imagine like you like you shared, I used to dread when Paul would come back from summit events. I mean, I despised it. <laughs> That's so because, funny because we think they're great, right? But you hated it. <laughs> yeah, they are great, but it was everything had to be done now. You have to do this. You had to change your your path, and it was always Paul and I have a running joke of poof. It just it just happens, you know. Like you don't understand all the stuff that goes into it sometimes as a visionary. But from the visionary uh, perspective of the integrator, is they always felt like they're being met with resistance, or that the integrator is a pessimist in all of their dreaming that they're doing. Um, and that things just take too long, you know? So it's very frustrating on both sides through the communication, which is the tension of both of you are saying, why can't they see what I see, right? And so learning that and how to communicate is, I mean, it's extremely important. Otherwise it's constant tension. Oh, constant, right. You know, it's interesting because I mean, I, you'll, you remember back, you know, when we were meeting in Chicago, you attended the Chicago meeting. Um, that really was like the theme of every single topic that we hit was 
Visionaries just wanted to be listened to and understood. And integrators just wanted to be listened to and understood. And I think uh, from that session, we, we did get a lot of, you know, great sort of, um, you know, coming to the middle. Um, but you guys had to explore that a little bit first, didn't you? And so tell me how, what did you guys do and how do you communicate now? So now we're very intentional. Uh, we meet very frequently and we're very collaborative now. So in, in all honesty, it took Paul and I several years to really figure out the dynamic because we didn't know it was visionary and integrator. And it wasn't until really rocket fuel and the EOS systems were introduced to us that it actually clicked that these are roles and this is how we can actually put it together to create the rocket fuel. Um, so once we got into our groove, once we became valuable collaborative partners at that point, and I think that's important and in that the business needed it because there was a gas and there was a break. So um, I would say the most valuable thing that I learned in communicating with a visionary is that the word no isn't in your vocabulary. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and I think it's very important to note that it's not just the verbal no, but it's also through your body language. I can't tell you the number of times I've gotten myself into trouble in these conversations because my body language gave a negative or a no, but I wasn't saying it. <laughs> right, right. You know, body language is so key. It, it, that's also a two-way street, isn't it? Because you know when you're going in to speak with your visionary, if they're in the moment or not. So it's not, it's not just a matter of you understanding or, or, or him wanting you to model good uh, body language, but we also get to be pretty good at reading body language and understanding when we've got the attention and focus of the people that we're working with. Yes. And it has to be, you have to be actively engaged, right? Yeah. So if your body language is showing that one of you isn't, pause the conversation, recognize it, and just pick it up later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's something that I think all business owners and, and certainly the people that we work with can recognize, you know, the, we do, we do think of things as needing to get done immediately. We need it. We need to get whatever it is. It's in our head out of our head and onto a piece of paper. Um, but sometimes stopping and saying, let's pick this up at another time is as wise as, you know, pushing forward or pushing an agenda forward because you can't, you, you can't get it all done. And if you're not in the right headspace, it's, it's just not going to work. Yeah. You can make some bad decisions in that yeah. space. You know, yeah. if, you have, if you feel pressure to respond or decide that can lead to bad things. Yeah. You know, the, the something that we heard was visionaries often want dreaming time, right? Meet me, meet me here in this dream. And integrators have to stop their body language, stop the sort of uh, the no approach and meet them in the dream. Um, the flip side of it is sometimes we need to be uh, talking practicalities. So we've got the dream completed here. Can you meet me with some of my concerns? They're not no's, they're concerns right? They're the practical piece of this great idea. How am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle this? Um, it's really, 
it's a it's it's a dance, isn't it? It's a dance. It very much so is a dance that you have to be able to give and take. Yeah. Right. So a visionary typically isn't a realist <laughs> in some aspects, right? And an integrator isn't exactly a dreamer. Right. So, and it takes both of them to actually make it become reality. So right. you have to understand that and you have to engage in both sides of it. And you have to do it in small bits because the other person isn't wired for it. So they are stepping outside of their comfort zone and it can be strenuous for a very long period of time. It so doing be. it in small bits and pieces and ensuring that each person feels heard is very important. Right. Right. So when you, so now, now we're talking about the practical piece. We've, we've, you've got, you know, a, a visionaries come back from a meeting or they've read a book or listened to a podcast and now they've got this great idea um, and you need to change. So now you need to change the direction of uh, an ocean liner. <laughs> How do you manage that change? So it, it's hard. One myself is I think, and I think a lot, right? So sometimes I can think too much on them, but I'm constantly evaluating what's going to be the impact of this. Does it actually align to something we're already currently doing? Or is this completely different and goes against what we're doing? How disruptive is it going to be? Who do I need to involve in the collaboration to actually understand, engage? Do the company have financial means to do it? And what about the bandwidth? So there's a lot of processing. It's part of the integrator to understand like the impacts of the change to then go back to the visionary to say, okay, here's what I have. This is what I understood. Here's what I think we can or can't do and gain alignment. Once you have that, then you create your plan. But it's really hard to create your plan to just execute this new idea that came in without all of those additional steps. And it's the slowing down that is painful for a visionary, but, painful. It's, <laughs> yeah. but it's that communication they need to see the traction that things are actually happening. Right. Right. And you mentioned a, a lot of steps there. Those text steps, you know, depending on the size of the organization, maybe they are pretty complicated. You know, in your case, you're, you're talking about uh, going across departments, those departments can be multiple people. Um, and so you're you're likely doing some pretty complicated work there, but it's not all complicated. It's not all complicated, right? And what are what are the similarities between what you would do now and how can that translate to a you know a two million dollar business or a four million dollar business? Yeah, I would say they're extremely similar in the sense of no matter the size of the organization, it's always hard. No matter if it's, hey, I just need to put this one procedure in place that's going to affect this one department, or if it's, hey, we have this initiative to add this new service line that we're doing, and it affects everybody in the organization. It doesn't matter because people are involved, and people are the biggest hurdle, no matter what the change is. There's always resistance to it because it always disrupts their pattern, right? Mm. So that is completely sim similar in both aspects, no matter the size. No Some of the differences I would say is within a $2 million organization, you have less people that you're working through on that change. So typically your change happens rather quickly. Your turnaround time, your deliverable, it's faster. You see the results quicker. In a larger organization, it is slow. <laughs> 
because there's so many people that are involved and there's more departments and there's communication plans and there's technology that has to be consulted and it's just longer. So it is frustrating on both sides of visionary and integrator is the time frame because both of them want it done. So a visionary will tell you, I, I need this done. I need this done. Well, guess what? The integrator wants it done just as fast because there's no another ideas right behind it. Right, right, right there. <laughs> Stacking up. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think about that. That's, that's not to dissuade a business from growing. It's just a recognition that things are going to be different. And something that you mentioned um, before how vital communication is, uh, you know, when, when we're talking about implementing a new idea, the first thing we want to think about is socializing, right? So socializing it is, is even before the, be the beginning of the plan and even before there's action on it, socializing it. But then there's the, the official communication plan, which is literally making sure that everybody in the organization is on the same page. She can have disastrous results if you don't stop and over communicate. Yeah, you the buy in, it's a vital step. You can't skip it. That's something I've definitely learned and something I'm still working on building the muscle for, right? So it's for all of us to learn that the buy in is one of the most valuable parts in any form of change. Because if it's a directive, you just made your life so much harder, right? And the, the thing to remember here, right, is as leaders, we under communicate by a factor of 10. So communicating 10 times more. And again, you know, if you're, if you're a two going to a $4 million business, you've got twice as many people, you, you got to get it out there and beat that drum, read it regularly. Yeah. If you think you're over communicating, you're not. You're, you're it just may feel weird and like, oh my goodness, I'm continuously saying the same thing over and over until somebody tells you, stop saying this. I get it. Then you won and you That's don't need right. to talk about it anymore. <laughs> right. That's a good thing to put on a checklist. Only stop something when you've heard, don't talk to me about this anymore. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Now, um, one of the things that you're going to be talking about at the Grand Summit is, you know, the challenges of implementing technologies, integrating technologies. I mean, that's that's a personal passion of yours, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. And so um, how much of that sort of technology, I'm going to throw you a curveball, how much of that technology is stuff that, um, you know, your visionary has come along and said, you know, we just got too much going on. I need you to clean it up. And how much of that is driven by you? I would say it's mostly driven by myself mm -hmm. because I leverage technology as the solution to create the reality. Right. Versus some people are always an element, but instead of overburdening or getting more people, I look at technology as you could do it with less people or make them more efficient so they can actually create more bandwidth. So it's one of the ways that I'm just naturally wired is within that. And I think that's, Paul has kind of given me the ability kind of in our working relationship. And he understands that I'm going to bring that to the table and he may have ideas, you know, or he wants to use robots to go do something. Well, that's a little different and outside my realm, you know, <laughs> but leveraging it to create the communication, the speed, the transparency, like 
there's an understanding there that that's what I bring to the table and that's how I'm going to help solve the problem. Yeah. You know, and I, I think about that in the world of the businesses that we work in, you know, sometimes we do have business owners for whom technology is an afterthought as opposed to a primary tool. You know, I think about technology as a tool in my tool belt, and I want to make sure that we're leveraging it as best as we can. If I'm paying for something, I want to make sure that we're using it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there are other there are other business owners for whom that that significant efficiency is vital and they maybe don't have the right person in the organization to make those things happen. Um, you know, we hit that a little bit on our on our last podcast. It's about getting the right person in, isn't it? The curiosity piece. Yeah, the curiosity and the passion. The other part is your connection to your visionary. If any of those aren't there, it's not the best relationship. And it's okay to try a different integrator at that point too. It may take a couple times to find the right one. And when you do, you know it. It just clicks and just things are happening. Yeah, it's hard. That That's probably the hardest thing we encounter is, you know, business owners regularly asking, well, what, you know, what's, what's the formula, the magic formula for an integrator? Well, <laughs> there is, it's funny because, you know, I think I've gotten that question a couple of times from other summit members. Like, I want to see your disc profile. Like I want to create that. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. You can't just clone the profile because it's based on the visionary. It's complementing oh, the visionary. <laughs> so every visionary is different and every integrator is different. There may be oh, similar yeah. qualities, but you can't just clone Ooh, this is a successful one. Let's do this. Yeah, no, right? I mean, you and I have dramatically different disc profiles. Dramatically different. Yep. So, and we're yeah. both great integrators. And yeah. <laughs> Let's just pat ourselves on the back here. Um but uh you know, so hit that just hit that tool thing for me though for a minute because I mean, I mean, we are going to go into it more at the brand summit and we did a whole podcast on it, but you know, give me one or two of your favorite tools just in your integrator world. So I kept it kind of high level when you proposed this question and I actually have three. Um, so one is if you haven't, get technology, get a device in front of your frontline leaders. So if it's an iPad, if it's a smartphone, if it's a tablet of some sort, whatever it is, get the technology in front of them so they can start leveraging the tools to communicate better. The other one is, Andrew will appreciate this, is I am an Excel nerd. So we have that in common, right? So it is a very underutilized tool. And even for myself, who thought I was pretty versed in it, over the past couple of years, my mind has been expanded because I partnered with a consultant who has just amplified what I thought I was really good at. I look like I'm a kindergartner in some of this stuff. So just knowing that the possibilities are out there, that things can be done in a tool that you already have and don't pay for, or it's very, very minimal, hire the consultants. They're geniuses at some of this stuff. And the last one I'll say is smart sheets. So this is for Steve Talkington. He talked about it (laughs) 10 years ago, right? And I was anti it when he started. Now, 100% an advocate for smart sheets. It's fairly inexpensive and it is powerful. It's simple to use. It's versatile. Um, What I love about it is they have a ton of templates that can actually start and you can just leverage right away. And on top of it, you can actually customize it and make it your own, which is what we've done and what I've done over the past 10 years. 
Um, I myself is a, am a self-taught Smartsheets user. They have a ton of videos and everything else. Um, if you're not that person who's a nerd like I am, go hire the consultant. It's money well spent and it'll pay dividends on oh, what you're going to get in that output. So those are kind of three areas I would say are, I feel are kind of low hanging fruit to take a first step. Right. And you know, when I, when I, where we started here, right, was implementation challenges. And so much of what you just talked about was about effective implementation, whether it's a communication device that you are empowering your team to be connected no matter where they are, right? Your, your people in the field need to know as much as the people who are making the decisions, whether it's that or it's a project management tool that people can access because it's cloud-based. It's about an implementation strategy and making sure that everybody can get done what they need to get done. I, I always think about that. Like you, you mentioned Smartsheet's not that expensive. Even in a small business, when you're, you know, $2 million and you're talking about a, you know, maybe a hefty per user fee until you grow, like, what are you actually losing because that price tag feels like it's too much? You have to think about it through that lens. You got to open up your mind a little bit because you could be sacrificing huge, you know, bottom line results by not being able to communicate on a daily basis. Or having your foreman drive to your office to drop off paperwork. Just think about the cost that's incurred there versus like you have a tablet in front of you and you took five seconds and I had my information. You don't have fuel. You don't have time. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's technology. Technology is our friend, Nicole. (laughs) It could be our enemy sometimes too. Well, yes, it can be. (laughs) clear (laughs) it's not the answer to everything (laughs) um but so now thinking about those technologies um when you need to make a change or you need to talk to your visionary maybe they've maybe they put a a a new challenge in front of you or maybe you're going to highlight a hole in something that you've been working on for a while how do you communicate that how do you use those tools to communicate with your visionary? Uh, The biggest thing I've learned that I need to remind myself of is keep it short and sweet when you're dealing with your visionaries. Um, Myself included as integrator, we have a lot of detail. That's how we function. That's how we operate. Visionaries do not. So if you want their attention and you need their buy-in, do a nice visual (laughs) so they can grasp what you're talking (laughs) about. Keep it short, do bullet points, but always come in prepared. So- Just that short, you know, bullet point doesn't mean you're just going to get the win that you need. You got to be able to speak into it, just not visually show it because you'll lose the interest at that point. Yeah. And that's, I think, where, you know, working on the visionary visionary integrator relationship is is, um, an important step to follow because once you've been working for a long time, like you now have that established relationship. Uh, Paul does know the degree to which you're going to do research. So you can go in with shorthand. You don't have to say every single thing because he knows and trusts that you have that. All that knowledge is back there to, to back it, to support you in your argument. You don't have to vomit it all. And that's 
Oh, it's a learned yeah. behavior over time yeah. within the relationship. Yeah. Um, how do you keep your visionary from straying off course? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I would just say that it does happen. It will always happen because they're the visionary, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always, I remind myself just to take a deep breath. I know it's coming and we just need to know how to adapt. So what we've been practicing is I hear you. Now let's talk about the impacts of doing this. What does it change? How are we going to course correct? Um, do you understand that this means I can't do this over here? And just really being open and honest about those conversations so you guys can make that decision together on how you're actually going to proceed and what this change of course is really going to look like. I'll um, chime. In, I'll chime in there if I could, because I feel like this is also where I, as a coach, need to play an important part. Not that you, you know, not that Nicole and Catherine are ganging up on Paul, right? That's not effective. But if I'm if I'm an appropriate coach, I am also saying to a business owner, "Hey, listen, we established priorities at the beginning of the year. Do you really want to add something new right now? You've got all this momentum going." And so it, you know, we sometimes visionaries do need to be brought back to center. Sometimes it's not going to work. And as integrators, we need to be okay with that. But I, I also think that that's the responsibility of a coach. And a lot of, a lot of the reason why businesses come to us is because, you know, they and their teams are, are tired of the scattered life, you know? Agreed. hundred percent. Um, the more times that that happens without the discussions, the less that you're achieving and you don't realize it, you forget, you know, cause you'd never finish anything, which is a huge struggle, you know, and it's a reality that nobody wants to talk about, <laughs> but it is. it's very true. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, nobody wants to talk about it, but it is a lot of reason why businesses come to us is because they just have, you know, they're either, you know, spinning in a hamster wheel or, you know, they're, they, they're good at something and they need to get better in other areas, but that's spinning in a hamster wheel. That's, that's, that leads to employee disengagement. You know, it leads yeah. to lower profits. It, it's not a good place for anybody to be in. So, and it's not that it's being resistant, right. Or trying to put up a roadblock. All it's trying to do is simply gain clarity of a cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Something is going to have to change or drop off or get sacrificed. You have to, you just have to look at it through that lens. You do. You really do. Um, okay. So we hit on this just a little bit earlier, but uh, you know, when I, when I, when I talked about like dreamers, visionaries want to dream, doers want to do, integrators want to implement, um, you need to get together here. How, how would you suggest that businesses work on sort of working those two things together? Well, first, you, you got to have regularly scheduled check-ins. So it has to be on the calendar. You need to make the time to actually work on it. Because as I shared in the beginning, it took years for Paul and I to get where we are today. So you have to be intentional in working on the relationship and what works and what doesn't work. Um, you need to be able to give each other permission to speak openly and honestly. Otherwise, you're not, you have a surface level relationship. 
and more than likely may not be a long-term relationship. So the more vulnerable that you can actually be and the more comfortable about speaking your mind of this didn't make me feel good, or I need time to process this, or you're off your rocker, you have to be comfortable to have that conversation. The ultimate thing is you need to remember with that partnership, you are both growing in the same direction. You're trying to achieve the same goal. And you guys need to remember that you're not fighting each other. You're working together on this. And if at any point that doesn't feel like that's what's happening, you have to call a timeout and you need to reset and you need to unpack it. So Nicole, I'm so, I'm so delighted to hear you saying that. I remember when we first started working together, well, first, when you were talking about the regular check-ins, I remember when you and I first started working together and we would get on phone calls and I'd say, have you met with Paul? And you'd say, no. Have you met with Paul? And you'd say, no. Like where, what happened? Well, he was traveling. Well, I had something that I needed to work on. Well, I had another priority come up. Like things got in the way, but now, now that takes top priority, right? Um, But also there's that vulnerability piece. I mean, again, when we first started working together, part of your strength was your reserve, your, your, ability to handle whatever came your way, sort of the way you held yourself together. And so being vulnerable was almost a weakness. Sharing your emotions with him, with Paul, was like going out on a limb and you were not happy or comfortable doing that. Not at all. And quite frankly, I don't know if I'll ever be comfortable doing (laughs) it, to be honest, you know, (laughs) but I've learned the importance of it. And I've learned that the, the space is safe. And Paul has been a huge factor in that because he also believes in that type of leadership is the authentic leadership. And he's asking for that. A lot of owner, it's very uncomfortable. Yes, your are typically working with an owner. Like they're the ones that sign your check. You know, right? like they make the hiring and firing decision. So right? you have to be okay entering into it. You have to be very respectful. It's not giving you the open book as integrator to to just be this bully either. You know, it's, but you have to get comfortable with that to really develop this deeper relationship that produces amazing results. Yeah, it really does. It's, it's the rocket fuel. It is. Yep. All right. Well. Did I, did we ask all the right questions? Did, was there something that, that I should have asked that I didn't? I don't think so. I think this is great. I think it's a great start to visionary and integrators. I think yeah. there'll be more to come on this. <laughs> yeah, there will be for sure. Um, so let me say, say thank you so much for participating in this and Um, I do. I think we probably do have some more topics that we could delve into um, going a little bit deeper. Um, Gosh, as I'm thinking about it, like what does an agenda, what does the same page agenda look like for you? What does it look like for me? What should it look like for a $2 million business? Um, Because I don't know about you, but I I can get lost in the weeds so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. something maybe something to look forward to um but thanks for joining us today nicole and we look forward forward to seeing you at the grand summit real and live and in person 
um, yeah, thanks. All right, appreciate the time, Catherine. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.